All right, guys, we are ready to rock and roll. Welcome to Radical Rocks. I'm your host, Shane. Today we have a super exciting episode for you. It's going to be jam-packed full of all kinds of great rock gym mineral news um, and education. We are going to talk about several gemstones and minerals today, such as the Periba Periba tourmaline, the um, emeralds. We're going to talk about every hue of green and blue that you can find uh, in rocks and minerals for the most part. We're going to talk about um, demandtoid, tazervorite, verdolite, other interesting gemstones that uh, we haven't talked about much, several that are very common. We're going to talk about Mars. They found the first uh, rock samples there. We'll talk about the flying uh, chili dragon that they found in Chile. A new creature uh, identified as being five times bigger than T-Rex. Same family there. Treasure hunting discoveries and so much more, guys. I want to thank you for tuning in. Again, go to RadicalRocks.com and check out all our social media. Just scroll all the way down to the bottom and you got all the links right there at your disposal. In the description of every video that I've done uh, the last uh, probably four to six months, we've got the website on there. So you can just, if you forget, you can just go to that, uh, the show notes, and see that. Also, um, we got back from a really nice fossil collecting trip. We collected some leaves and possibly a fish. I'm not too sure, but a lot of neat leaf fossils in North Idaho at the Fossil Bowl. And you can see the video at YouTube. You can follow our links there. Just go to RadicalRocks.com. All the links are there. Um, Or just look up Radical Rocks, and we're bound to show up on the YouTube area there because we have hundreds of uh, subscribers and we have um, thousands of uh, downloads and many many episodes of rock collecting trips lapidary tips silversmithing how to harden and stabilize gemstones uh, interviews all sorts of stuff so you got to check out our social media get hooked up and come on down. So let's get right into it. Um, first off, we're going to talk uh, briefly about some condor agate. I didn't mention that in the uh, introduction, but this will be a jam-packed show. We are going to do so much discussion on these colors of these gemstones that we talked about in the beginning. Um, but first, let's talk about some other things. The crater agate out of uh, Chubut, Provenance, Argentina, is a beautiful agate with... Uh, like a sort of a bitrudel if you were to cut it and polish it, but these uh, stacked up uh, agatization, which is a more of a druzy or a um, like a dripping, like a stalactite or a stalagmite, a brilliant dragon red color with cavities inside of these agates, quite beautiful. Then also. In the Rios, the Entre Rios province of Argentina, the Black River agate uh, is beautiful. Usually doesn't have uh, cavities in it so much, but it has a beautiful patterns of uh, stripes of black, kind of a blackish gray and white, um, and very neat shapes as it forms in the agate. 
uh, in these layers and forms of uh, like a typical agate shapes, but it kind of, some of them kind of look like they've been bent and drooped instead of just a orb or a triangle shape. Um, it has a lot more waviness to it in these lines, the way they're formed. There's also the uh, Cuyuta agate from uh, Coritas province in Argentina. Um, this is more of a kind of a common, a milky white with a black kind of shell around the outside edge. There's also at the Cubit Providence in Argentina, the Patagonian art agate, which is quite beautiful with thick lines of red, uh, thin lines of blue, white uh, patterns going throughout and uh, different shades. Very beautiful. The condor agate from the Mendoza province, Argentina, has a beautiful golden orange layer around the outside edge, then reds, uh, somewhat of an olive, and then white, and then all of a sudden it goes black and blue. Sometimes these can have little cavities in them. Of course, any of them could have little cavities in them, realistically. And then the puma agate from also Mendoza province, Argentina, um, Kind of a chalcedony uh, inside with maybe some calcite buildup in there. Not too spectacular of a formation in the center where it may have somewhat of a geode formation. But the outer uh, agatization is a beautiful blend, uh, like an artist, of this blackish red, like a blood red. And then it lightens up to other reds and oranges with speckles of green and uh, hints of gold and then white uh, of the host rock on the outside shell. So very beautiful. Most of these uh, agates do actually fluorescent under a UV light. And um, if you're interested in looking at these, you can email the Condor Agate Miners at hotmail.com. Um, they send me emails, and that's where I see the pictures of these beautiful rocks that they have that I wanted to share with you. It's also passed on to me through Rock and Jim. They send me emails, um, and there's information to be gleaned from this, so I wanted to share that with you. Now, there was a giant crab discovered, he had multifaceted eyes. They say it lived a half million years ago. Um, Bharat Sharma uh, wrote an article on the 11th that can be found at indiatimes.com. Several articles have been done on this giant crab. Some of them call it the floating head. Um, this creature was a half a meter long. It's called the uh, Titan Ocorius Guineus by the paleontologists at the Royal Ontario Museum, which is in Canada. Um, and they said it was half a meter long. It was a crab and uh, quite impressive, mostly all head. And they feel that, uh, you know, this was probably a predator that competed with food with other types of creatures that uh, would scavenge at the bottom of the ocean with multi-faceted uh, eyes. It looks kind of like a sliced pineapple when you look at the fossils that they have pictures of here. Uh, it had a lot of flaps that could help it swim. And it had a couple claws, small claws, under by its head to help it capture prey. Interesting new creature. If you want to check that out, um, you can 
see that. Who knows? They say that uh, there's none, nothing like this now, but who knows? Maybe someday they'll find one down there, uh, as so often is the case. Now, researchers identified a dinosaur species that's five times bigger than a, tri, uh, a Trianosaurus rex, right? The T-Rex. Gr- uh, Greta Bajorson uh, wrote about this on uh, HTTPS uh, semicolon backslash backslash people.com and it's under researchers identified dinosaur species five times larger than Trianosaurus. You can look that up. This animal, they feel, predated the T-Rex and uh, they don't have a complete fossil of it, but um, this professor at the University of Calgary, Calvary, um, Calgary, excuse me, professor said that uh, this thing is huge, and um, this fossil, this dinosaur had these uh, teeth that made it look like it was probably going to slash meat apart. Where the T. Rex had teeth that they say is more for breaking bones and things of this sort. Um, the T. Rex did dominate most of Asia and North America because they found the fossils there. Um, This one probably lived before that, uh, would have been an apex predator, and they give the size, which I thought the size would be a lot bigger, um, but the size, they said is 7.5 to 8 meters in length, which would be about 26 feet in length, and weighing uh, 1,000 kilograms or 2,204 pounds, uh, would roam the earth and the uh, Trionosaurus rex, the T-Rex, they said, would be much smaller at only 440 pounds. It just doesn't sound right to me, this article, because I've seen T-Rexes and the bones are huge. The things are like 20 feet tall. So I, I don't know that I really trust this article, to be honest. It doesn't seem accurate. Something is missing. But they quote the U of C science about this uh, dinosaur here and uh, a tweet that was put out by them at U of C Science and saying that uh, it is much larger than the Trianosaurus, um, the T-Rex, basically. So anyway, take that with a grain of salt. That's what we have. Um, Mineral Mosaic Paper Craft Linfield Public Library. This is in uh, Linfield, MA. Um, I don't know, that's Maine, I would guess. They're having uh, rock and mineral paper mosaics. So I don't know, that might be something that's interesting. If you want to check that out, look it up at patch.com. Mineral Mosaic Paper Craft. Sounds kind of boring to me, but it says using color, color to print. Oh, okay. Colorfully printed paper rocks and minerals. Identify which rock or mineral you're using and learn about them too. Okay, so that could be fun for the kids and it is something to do with rocks. So not not too bad. Now at geology, um, or excuse me, Sedona.biz, under geology rocks, they talk about the Verde Historical Society uh, and it is a museum They have a beautiful copper specimen here pictured. It is gleaming copper with beautiful green, um, like a malachite, um, azurite type uh, mineral webbed through it. Now in Cottonwood, Arizona, 
you can go to see this show called Geology Rocks in Verde. Um, Verde His- uh, Historical Society is is promoting this September 25th uh, and 24th. You can go check that out. Um, United Verde Extension. They have the gym and the Mingus Gym and Mineral Club, their weekend show and sale at Clarkdale, and the museum will have information. You can meet a geologist there. They have pictures of the slag pile from a giant um, copper mine from back in the mining days there, and you can go check that out. Um, Trying to see if there's anything else here to look at. That is about it on that. Real pretty, though. Next... What if you could invest in a company that has located a treasure? At digitaljournal.com, the article is Treasure Discovery Found and Recovered Yet Again by This Public Company. And they found coins, pottery, glass jars, artifacts from treasure, and shipwreck recovery. They have a stock symbol of BLIS off the Florida coast. Now, I'm obviously not recommending you invest in this. I have no idea this could be a total fake company. But it's an interesting article about a company, the Treasure and Shipwreck Recovery Incorporated, are there to announce that they found pottery, uh, musket balls, cannon balls, other shipwreck material off the Florida east coast of Florida. They feel it's part of a 1715 fleet wreck site where there should be a lot of gold and jewelry, um, they're hoping, and gemstones, valuable gemstones that they're hoping to find. Um, They feel they are going to find, once they locate the main site, because they're starting to pick up pieces now that they believe belong to it, um, there's going to be mass amounts of treasure in the form of gold, silver coins, bullion bars, emeralds, jewelry, and other valuable items are likely to be found. So pretty exciting. Um, This company has all sorts of plans, uh, and they're always looking for new treasures. Sounds fun. Um, They'll probably have a TV show if they are legit, right? Because people would love to see that. says they actually have gaming and television plans. Um, So I guess a television series will be worked out during the next year. Constant filming and crew work and recovery will be published ongoing operations via social media. So you can probably look that up if that's something you're interested in. Next, a fossil of a dragon. They say it's millions of years old, discovered for the first time in Chile. You can find this at pinlive.com, P-E-N-N-Live.com. And um, it's attributed to Claudia DeMuro. And she has some beautiful pictures of the desert there, the uh, Atacamea Desert. And they have found this lizard that uh, is a flying type of lizard, a petasaurus to be exact. And they feel that it was uh, on the earth, you know, millions of years ago and all that good stuff. But it's the first one they found. The wingspan is roughly two meters, about six and a half feet. Um, So it's not huge. It's not fire breathing, but it is pretty cool. And uh, they don't have any pictures here of it, but uh, they're talking about it. And we should see some depictions of what it looks like. They feel that it might have migrated between northern and southern hemispheres 
when the continents were uh, attached together before um, Pangaea occurred and split those up. Might have even belonged to a group that is found in Cuba of flying reptiles that they feel that could have been. But they're still researching and, and guessing. Mars has found several rocks. Um, uh, CNET.com, you can read about NASA. Mars rock rover reveals potentially habitable, sustained environment. The Perseverance rover is the first uh, gathers the first Martian rock samples, giving scientists a look and a peek into the past at the ancient lake bed. <coughs> Excuse me. They have a picture here of these rocks, and um, they say, oh, you know, it looks like water evaporated, and they're trying to figure out if they can collect some microscopic time capsules within the crystals and uh, the rocks that they find. They're looking for microbial life, anything they can find in the Jezreo, Jezero crater. That's where they're looking to see. They think that's a very likely spot that may be able to support their hypothesis that uh, Mars at one time could have sustained some sort of life. Maybe. You never know. Now, there's also a helicopter uh, that's flying around there that uh, is, let's see here, done very well. They've had uh, 13 flights so far. They were amazed. They didn't think that it would last that long, but it has. So uh, that's good. They've been very successful. It's taken some very interesting pictures of the um, of the planet, and uh, they see that the potential is many iron-rich minerals and possible water trapped in there somewhere. They're still looking. Um, it has taken pictures from all over, and uh, this perseverance has stored the sample in its interior locked away in an airtight titanium tube. Very, very neat. Um, they will be taking dozens of samples and they will be headed back to Earth at some point um, after, uh, uh, after it continues to take these samples. There's uncertainty that lingers in a following article. As you scroll down the page, you can find out more about these rock samples, um, what they're going to mean and how they're going to get them back to the earth. Cliff's Shaft Mining Museum to host craft fair this weekend by Mary Leaf at UppermichiganSource.com. You can find out about this event. It's going to be this weekend in Ishmipeg, uh, Ish, Ishpigming, uh, craft fair, rocks, things like that, all fun stuff. If you're in the area, you might want to check that out. Um... Now to our our main title. This is quite lengthy, guys. Jim Quarter, Every Hue of Green and Blue. If you go to jewelermagazine.com, you can look this up. And it is going to talk, and we are going to talk about all sorts of gemstones. And I'm going to try to pronounce them halfway decent. Um, Cylon Sapphires. Have you ever heard of those? Imperial Jade. Probably heard of that if you're a rock hound. Okay. Rich blue Cylon gemstones are the most well-known and valuable variety of a sapphire. 
And uh, the article goes on to say that these are what all the other ones are compared to. There are other ones that are lighter, teal blue, green, and such. The premium specimens come from Australia, Nigeria, Montana, and the U.S. The sapphire is corundum. It is a allochromatic mineral that derives its colors from its impurities in the crystal structure. And that crystal absorbs parts of the light spectrum, and the remaining light is reflected and gives it the color that you and I see with our eyes. Blue is caused by traces of titanium and iron in this situation. The more iron that's present, the darker the stone. Green sapphires also owe their color to iron. Now we know sapphires can be treated different colors. Now the color of emerald is a form of beryl. It is very desirable. Its color is created by trace impurities of chromium and vanadium. The intense green color is the most prized. And if it is accompanied by a bluish tinge, it continues to devalue further when colored to a yellow tinge from iron impurities. So the color beryl is too light to be called emerald. It's termed green beryl. So it has to have the right color to be an actual emerald. And then it receives that premium price tag, right? Where you're going to spend the big, big bucks. Emeralds are sourced from many parts of the world, including Russia. The Ural Mountains have produced emeralds for 100 years, but you can get them in Zambia. Of course, Brazil is what you usually think of. Zimbabwe, Afghanistan is also home of many, many emeralds. Ethiopia, and even uh, Colombia emeralds, which are probably the best. Emeralds have a lot of inclusions. Um, to help improve the clarity, emeralds are treated several ways. They can be oiled. And it fills the cracks. Aquamarine is another form of beryl. It owes its delicate blue-green palette to ferrous iron. iron. And uh, everybody loves that. Uh, the Latin word aquamarina means water of the sea. All right. Um, a lot of these stones are heat treated. Max Eix Burl is a name given to Burl with a very dark tone. Seems almost unnatural. It's not, uh, it's unlike the softer blues of aquamarine. It can fade to a bluish, to a yellow in the sunlight. Um, and strong artificial light uh, is also affecting it. It has nitrate. Trace nitrate is what gives it its color. Uh, the Max EX type of beryl is also marketed with color resulting from carbonic trace components. Right. Now, here's some other gemstones we're going to talk about. Demanitoid, Trasverite, and Tanzanite. So these are gemstones of many colors from um, the Garnet family. Um, and the, the Andradite branch of Garnet is a vibrant green Demanitoid. Uh, the dispersion is greater than a diamond. 
striking rich green hue of the Demantoid is one of the most valuable garnets. Uh, this can be sourced from Russia, but a lot of it comes from Nambia. The Grossular garnet is found in a range of colors, including yellow, gray, colorless green. Indeed, Goscular gets its name from the Latin word gooseberry for the light green variety, being very similar to the fruit. The most sought after Groscular garnet is a rich green variety called Tazverite. It's not quite emerald green, but it is quite beautiful. It has been found in uh, Tanzia in 1967. Another source in 1970 in Kenya, near Kenya, has also been utilized by Tiffany. Quite beautiful. Trasverite tanzanite was also discovered in Tanzia in 1967. We all know what tanzanite is. Very beautiful. Um, it was found after uh, allegedly a fire. And they could see the glittering blue and violet crystals. So um, that's when it was first discovered. Um, the bushfire myth that they say that's how they found it illustrates chameleon-like changes that occur when tanzanite crystals are heated to approximately 400 degrees. The undesirable yellow and brown tints disappear and the purplish and blue tints deepen, resulting in this beautifully colored material. Got to get a drink, excuse me. Now, uh, tanzanite is actually a zoisite, a variety of zoisite. It has a calcium aluminum silicate that gives it its color. Zoisite may be green, pink, gray, or colorless, or brown in untreated form. Tanzanite's unique formation has a million to one chance of occurring outside the areas where it is known to be found. So it is very rare, rarer than a diamond. And certainly one you would want to have in your collection. I don't have any tanzanite, but I would sure like to get some. Um, there's more on tanzanite. And then it goes into indicolite, uh, veridolite, and that word that I'm trying to say right, paraibua. Paraiba. That is a tourmaline. It is a beautiful tourmaline. I love it. It is a dark blue color. Sometimes it can be a blue-green, but this per, peri... Below. Oh boy, I'm saying it wrong again. Is a beautiful tourmaline. Very rare. There's several of the areas where these are collected in Brazil, uh, in different villages that are there. And some of them that are of high quality and beautiful color are very rare very valuable, considered by most as a precious gemstone instead of a semi-precious gemstone. Very uncommon to find this in over two carats. So if you see one of exceedingly good quality and it is approaching the one and a half to two carat size, that is the one you want to have in your collection. Um, sometimes this stone can uh, be found with small inclusions of native copper. While copper is contributing to the coloring agents of many minerals such as turquoise and malachite, it has not been known to color tourmaline until the discovery of the Periuba. 
probably saying it wrong again, but it's just a tongue twister for me. So this was also uh, been found in the mountains of Mozambique and uh, Nigeria, and uh, those tourmalines have been found and are sold. There's a few that were found in Brazil as well. Um, it is kind of their counterpart, and they were found in the 2000s, uh, 19, you know, uh, the year 2000, the early 2000s. And some stones were found as er as large as five carats. But they say the richness and the color of the Brazilian stones is uh, incomparable to the Parab tourmaline. Okay. Um, indicolite is a name that is given to a range of blue tourmalines. And vertolite is a name given to the range of green tourmalines. Both of these varieties can be tinged with blue or green or violet, violet offering a broad spectrum of colors in varying saturations. Blue tourmalines range from a pale icy blue to deep, dark, saturated navy blue. I would say something in the middle would be quite beautiful. Stones that exhibit a dominant blue hue attract a higher value. Um, stones can be labeled indicolite even with green uh, predominance. So you want to value the stone based on a color rather than its trade name. Um, other green stones that are pleasing are peridot. Uh, you can find it with a deep, rich green, almost as green as an emerald. Most of them are much lighter and have yellowish hues to them. Um, the darker green ones are more valuable. The pastier hues um, are not as desirable. The blue-green teal varieties and rare vivid green are referred to as chrome dervite, colored by vandium, chromium, and sometimes both. We're going to go into peridot and lapis lazula. Peridot, again, is a variety of olivine. This is uh, one of the gemstones that can be found in outer space, we're told. It can be greenish, yellowish, greenish-brown, can be dark green. The pure greens, again, are the most expensive, um, usually have a yellowish undertone. It's influenced with chromium and nickel, also replacing uh, sometimes there's uh, iron and magnesium, which give it a bright green color. So all sorts of neat things that uh, we could talk about on that gemstone. Let's see what else we have here. Lapis Lazula. <coughs> this is composed primarily of lazurite, calcite, and pyrite, pyrite, iron pyrite. Quality lapis contains mainly uh, lazurite, which gives it the blue intense color with small amounts of white calcite and pyrite. Um, but the bluer it is, the more valuable it is. The metallic flash of the pyrite against a deep blue of Lazarite makes it so attractive, gem collectors and jewelry artists do like that contrast. Under a microscope, lapis lazula looks like a night sky. Um, pretty cool. So that's where the colors come from. They can range from a greenish blue to a royal blue, violet blue, a denim blue, but the most valuable is the intense royal blue featuring minute flashes of pyrite. Very beautiful. Afghanistan is probably the best, most significant place in the world for lapis lazula. 
but uh, you can find it in Siberia, Chile, Angolia, Pakistan, Canada, Colorado, and even in the United States. Jadeite and Nephrite. Um, these are beautiful types of jade, been prized forever. Um, cultures all around the world have loved it. We've talked about that in great length in the past. Um, we've talked about the differences of them. Both are silicates. Jadeite is a sodium and aluminum silicate, excuse me, silicate, while nephrite is calcium and magnesium silicate. Both of them are polycrystalline in structure with interlocking microscopic crystals, making them some of the toughest minerals in the gem world. They wear very good. Jadeite can be um, 6.5 to 7 on the Mohs scale. Very hard. Um, where um, nephrite is a little softer most of the time, 6 to 6.5, and, and is a little bit easier to carve, in uh, my opinion. Nephrite, it is translucent with solid green colors, the most valuable any jade that has a translucent look to it, kind of a glassy look, is going to be more valuable, more gemstone quality. Um, there's all kinds of jade that can be found, nephrite jade, that is just green and dark, and it's fine, it's beautiful. It can make beautiful cabochons out of it, takes a shine and everything else. This article here at jewelermagazine.com gives you all the details, uh, the refractive index the treatment the colors um the variety that's you know that it is um all kinds of neat information on all these stone stones where they're found around the world blue and green gemstone producing areas quite a wonderful article if you want to check that out hey guys i want to thank you again for coming to radical rocks go to radicalrocks.com Check us out. Until next time, remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify.